It's the Larry Kudlow Show. Free market prosperity starts here. Now, here's Larry Kudlow. Welcome back, folks. Larry Kudlow. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. Happy New Year to everybody. Thank you for listening on New Year's Eve. By the way, resuming on Tuesday. I've had a little bit of a break myself. Resuming on Tuesday, Fox Business. The name of the show is Kudlow, 4 to 5 p.m., Mondays through Fridays. If you can't make us at 4, please send a text message to your favorite 9-year-old who will teach you how to DVR the show. It's not that hard. And um, right here, you can live stream us on the Internet, LarryKudlowShow.com, LarryKudlowShow.com, all across the country, around the world, throughout the solar system, and let's not forget the Milky Way. We're going to talk about stocks. All the headlines today were stock markets since 2008. Last week, the markets didn't do much last week. The Dow's off 57 points, NAS off 31, S&P off 5. Year to date, I guess the big story is almost 20% bear, S&P 500 down 19.4, NASDAQ off 33.1%. So those are tough numbers. The Dow only 8.8%. The Russell 2000 small caps off 21.6%, so it wasn't a good year. Interest rates, of course, surged. On balance, the key rate for the Fed went from 0 to 4.5%. I remember when inflation was not here or then it was transitory. Oops, 0 to 4.5%. How about that for forecasting uh, mistakes? Anyway, let's talk about the whole story. We have Jack Perusian. Chairman of the Global Smart Commodity Fund. We have Jim Urio, Director of TJM Institutional Services, Chicago's leading restaurateur. First of all, of my two friends, Happy New Year to both of you. Thank you for coming on on New Year's Eve, gentlemen. Thank you as well, Larry. Thanks for all you do. Thank you, Larry. All right. So, start with uh, Jim Urio, the worst year since 2008. It wasn't so bad, though. I mean, you know, a lot of people thought it was going to be a whole lot worse. At different points in the year, you know, the year-to-date was down a lot more on the S&P. Um, so what do you make of it? What what happens here going forward? I think there's a lot of victories that can be claimed from 2022. When you're, I mean, you take mortgage rates from 2.8% to 7% in the span of about eight months, and then just broaden that out to every other industry, rates going up so quickly. The fact that things didn't fall apart yet, I guess I'll say, um, I think is pretty encouraging. The fact that we're only down 20% is pretty encouraging. And here's what's really encouraging to me is that the first part of this correction slash bear market has the element of overpositioning and lack of respect for risk when it begins a year ago. That's That's certainly gone now. So now it's just... The second part of it, if we continue lower, which I don't think we will, would be about multiple um, compressions and a long, uh, drawn-out recession, which is certainly possible. And I think there could be another quick leg down in the first couple months here. But I think the worst is over. And I think but I also this is going to make you mad, I know, but I also think the Fed pivots in about a month or two and starts, I mean, talking about no more rate hikes, and the market's going to take that to mean there's going to be easing at some point in time in the future. That's what I believe, too. But the labor market's got to fall apart first before that happens. Jack Bruggen, the pivot, the Urio pivot, we're going to call it, uh, a triumph of hope over experience? 
Uh, well, first of all, Happy New Year to you, and Happy New Year to my good friend Jim. Who, who by the way, you know, from the floor of the exchange, we, we I, 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 I love Jim. He's probably one of the sharpest guys uh, ever to come off of the floor of the CME. Uh, just so you know, thank uh, you, brother. He's wrong about this. He's wrong about this, though. How about that, Jimmy? All right, and, and I'll tell you why. I, I don't think the Fed is going to pivot. I don't think they're in that state of mind. Uh, they have they have set a course. Uh, they are they are looking firmly at uh, you know what is a a four and a half five percent rate that they are going to adjust to, but more importantly they're late, and and that's the real issue. And I think we're all missing it. You know, I came on a year ago, Larry, and I talked about the headwinds that we were going to face and the market was going to was going to probably be in trouble. And sure enough, we saw it in trouble. I don't think it's done being in trouble yet. I think there are a lot of headwinds that we are still looking at. More importantly, what we're looking at right now is something that is, is a scenario which could be very dangerous. It could be leading to more of a, of a 1990s Japan scenario. And that's really my concern. When you look at some of these commodities, the, the stuff that, that Jimmy and I grew up with, they're getting hit hard. Lumber is down 66%. Right, oats are down 46 percent. Copper is down 15 percent. These are not indications of inflation any longer. These are now disinflationary pressure that's coming into the marketplace at a time where the Fed is tightening. So what is happening in my mind is that the market weakness, which started by the Fed action and tightening, is now reacting to other things. It's acting to reckless fiscal policy. Mm -hmm. And if we don't start to adjust that, the market could be in big trouble in 23. Yeah, you know, budget policy has got to sober up. I think that's an important point. I, there's some interesting things here, gentlemen. Um, I'm looking at the Fed's measure. They look at the PCE deflator, uh, and they look at the core, so the personal consumption expenditures deflator. Anyway, listen to this. Co the core PCE deflator, the last three months, 3.3% annually, the last six months, 4% annually, and the last 12 months, 47 annually. Now, the Fed's target is two, and it's all above two, but the trend is coming down when the three-month is less than the six-month, less than the 12-month. One other point, um, I know there's a lot of recession forecasts, and there are reasons to have that forecast, but I will say with the revisions, third quarter GDP was up 3.2% annually. And right now, the Atlanta Fed's GDP now tracker for Q4, which is just completed, is 3.7. So the second half of the year, Jim Urio, saw stronger growth than expected and actually lower inflation than expected. I just find that interesting. I do too, and I think it's it's amazing, and I think that it is trending lower in um, the PC, and it's not trending lower as fast as they want. But I am, to your point, wildly impressed with how the economy is held up. Now, yeah. that being said, they only began tightening in March, and we every one of us knows that there's a significant lag effect to um, rates when you know, particularly rates that have to be rolled over, and you get rid of your you know two percent and roll into your eight percent. Um, so the the effect of the rate hikes should be beginning in earnest now, which is interesting. You mentioned just ridiculous fiscal policy that like, it's almost like it's such a head scratcher. It drives me nuts. And we're just now seeing the effects of the 
infrastructure bill they're just starting to spend, the effects of the Inflation Reduction Act, which was highly inflationary and ridiculously ironically named, and they're kicked, and then the $1.3 trillion omnibus spending bill. So these things, it's like this huge war that's going on between a Fed that wants to get rid of inflation and a government that wants to, the, to just keep stoking inflation, I guess. No. But to your point, yeah, it's pretty impressive. But the labor market is the key. And if we you look at the conflicting NFP versus the household survey of the last couple months, when that come to Jesus moment happens, I think they uh, that's when they go to neutral. Well, on the negative side, I guess to your point about the pivot, um, the index of leading indicators has been plunging, um, I don't know, nine or 10 straight months. The M2 money supply has plunged from, from like plus 30 to zero in the last year, more or less, uh, last 18 months, perhaps. And then the yield curve is very deeply inverted. So we've got a three-month bill at 434 and a 10-year note at 387. Interest rates, by the way, did go up a lot this week. But the old New York Fed model uh, Jack Perugian is predicting a recession sometime in the next year because of that. And then, as I said, you got your plunging money supply and your plunging leading indicators. So that's kind of a counter. I mean, it's like the current economy looks looks okay, but the future economy doesn't. Well, well remember, these are the indicators that react immediately to, to the Fed's actions. Uh, so as opposed to, to the to the general economy, to the GDP, which probably takes, as Jimmy was just saying, six to eight months before we start to see the full effects. Mm -hmm. But I, I think what we're going to start experiencing over the course of these next maybe two or three months is something that we've already begun to hear, and that is cuts on earnings, uh, misses. And more importantly, more than likely a multiple contraction which within the market itself. You know, there are people that are out there that, are, that were calling for 240, 250 uh, in earnings for the S&P for 2023. Those have been slashed down to 2215. My number is now 200. Now, let, let's say, for example, for argument's sake, I'm 100% correct. If that's the case, then the market is too rich. It, mm -hmm. it's, it's sitting at, at a multiple that's way too high, and it's got to get back down to 3200 or 3000 before it becomes digestible again. Now, again, this is all just simple math that I'm looking at. These are headwinds. We are not going to fight the Fed. We didn't fight the Fed on the way up, nor should we fight the Fed on the way down. Until that pivot is clear, until I see the whites of their eyes, until Jim is absolutely right and I see them actually make that change, we have to assume that the pressure is going to stay on the neck of the market. And that's exactly where it's at right now. Well, profits are the mother's milk of stocks, although Jim Urio doesn't agree <laughs> with that. So <laughs> just, had, just had to slip that in. For those um, listening, we've been arguing about this for 10 years at least, Larry. And I, I think the Fed is the mother's milk of stocks. But anyway, but, sorry but, to interrupt. But it is possible, uh, you know, if the Fed does pivot and holds rates steady or, or starts dropping rates, that could be construed, Jim Urio, as a negative for the stock market because it would suggest that the economy is going down and that profits are going down. In other words, it's not always so bullish when the Fed starts cutting rates. No, and, and I agree. And there is going to be a time when the market interprets that as all is lost. But the question is, is it going to be this time? Do they have the ability to kick the can down the road before 
the, the economy has really fully healed itself, as they've done several times in the past. I mean, you know, when Carl Icahn came into your administration and he talked about the fact that we are so highly overregulated in the corporate sector that we need you know, such a long time. The, the Fed has been enabling for so long by keeping rates inorganically low and allowing just bad policy to be everywhere. So if we can, if, if the longer they can go with keeping rates higher, the more I think they will be able to turn and, and boost the market higher. And so the question becomes, is a year long enough? Does it have to be a year and a half? And I think it could be long enough. And I don't think this is going to be the time that the market says, oh, cheap money, that must be an indicator that things are going to hell. We got to sell. I think it'll be the opposite. Well, it's interesting. If you look at a longer term perspective, we got to take a break. But just this last thought, a longer term perspective, um, a four, four and a half percent Fed funds rate is okay. It's no big deal. I mean, we've, you know, we could have bull markets with that. We could have economic recovery with that if we had better supply side fiscal policy. I mean, maybe they, you know, they finally ended this era of ultra cheap money, which really began uh, with uh, Janet Yellen and Ben Bernanke in the 2000s. I mean, maybe, maybe it's okay. Actually, it began with Greenspan and then Bernanke and then Yellen. And it's not such a bad thing if they leveled the Fed funds right off. And maybe the money supply would start rising again. Uh, just a thought. Um, I don't want to be so bearish on New Year's Eve. Anyway, we will uh, take a, a very quick break. We're talking to Jim Urio and we're talking to Jack Berusian. We're going to get your predictions for next year. And I want to know how the Chicago restaurants are doing. I'm Kudlow. New Year's Eve. Berusian, Urio. We'll be right back. Now, back to the Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. We're here with two very famous people in the financial world. One is Jim Erio, director of TJM Institutional Services. The other is Jack Berusian, chairman of the Global Smart Commodity Group. Gentlemen, welcome back. Um, start with Jim Erio. What's your outlook for for the new year? What's what are you thinking here? Economy, stocks, interest rates too. Yeah, I think interest rates level off and then toward the end of the year begin to uh, come back down again. The, right now, the Fed funds curve is pricing in two more 25 basis point hikes and then an ease by the end of the year. I'm going with that assessment. I think at the beginning of the year, energy is going to continue doing well. One thing I really liked about energy is that the names start even in October when oil started to go lower, the, the big names like Exxon started moving higher, even though you know the correlation is usually really tight. So I like that. Toward the end of the year, I'll like um, tech. But more than anything else, anyone who's heard any of my speeches over the last three three months, copper is and the metals market are what I'm looking at the most, and that's where I'm positioned the heaviest right now. Copper was suffering from you know, the, the rising dollar and China, and as China comes out of this, I know right now that it's a little bit dicey as they open back up, but I think copper could do really well in the next few years. Jimmy, why is um, why is the dollar soft? It's been soft now for several months. I think the DXY got us. I don't know. Where did it go? 112? Yep. Uh, and 
I have it at uh, 103.5. Why is the dollar so soft? So, so I trace it back to that moment in the U.K. when everything looked like it was going to hit the fan and then turned around. And I think market positioning and all the currency pairs were so overweighted to the dollar. And mm. as some of those other main ones started to realize that inflation was more their problem than the pending recession because of the Ukraine conflict, and those currencies started to rally hard, then market positioning kicks in and people have to sell it off. So that's when I think fueled it. And I think the dollar looks weak as long as it stays below that 105 level. Yeah, you know, Jack, uh, the yen came, let's see, no, the euro came back to 107. I think it, it got under a buck for a while. And the British pound 121, I think that got down to 112, my memory serves me. Uh, what's your outlook on the dollar? Well, you know what? You're right. It did get under a, a buck in the euro. In fact, I was on the Normandy beaches, and it was 99 cents to the dollar, and right. I, I couldn't believe it at the time, uh, and that was in September. Uh, but uh, but I feel as if the, the, the dollar's probably got a little bit more stability to it than maybe Jim does, and the reason for that is because I don't think the Fed is done yet. Uh, I think the Fed has probably got a few more rate hikes still left in them. I know the market is pricing out a, a flattening uh, of, of the Fed expectations over the course of the next few months, but it, it seems to me, and, and you know, the three of us uh, you know, have been long enough, uh, have been around long enough to, to, to notice when we start to see the bond vigilantes and the equity vigilantes come back to the marketplace. With the Fed out of the picture, with them no longer manipulating the market, look for what, what we used to call these bond vigilantes to come back in. Mm -hmm. That seems to be taking the place. Now, having said that, I don't want to end on a sour note here. I do think we are going to set a generational low within these next six months in the equity markets. Mm -hmm. uh, it's going to be an inflection point, and, and that is the low that we probably want to buy for the long term. Um, and, and as far as uh, commodities go, they're obviously very volatile. But I think Jim's right. I think you want to stick with some of the metals. You know, the non-performance in gold for the year tells us something. Uh, the more than likely, that's going to react to the upside. Copper, of course, has been suppressed. Uh, and look for palladium. Look for some of these other precious metals to really run along with them. Gold's been pretty steady now for quite some time. Around. It's been it's been it's been dead it's been dead money though if you think about it for the year Larry uh, in a year where where everything else got hit and if I were to say to you in the beginning of the year that you know the the ten year note was going to be down fourteen percent and the the S and P was going to be down twenty percent you and I would both think that gold would probably have a great stellar year being up ten maybe twenty percent it's flat. But uh, sideways so was a great year, though. Dead money was great in 2022 if you came out with the same amount you had, right? Mm -hmm. You're well, right. As a, it's, it's scary when you think of dead money as being a good trade. Inflation adjusted, not so great. But I think yeah. gold, gold is also confirming the decline of inflation. Yeah, I, I agree with that, too. And, and I think that we're seeing that action, especially in some of these commodities that have gotten hit uh, very, very hard. Uh, you know, I mean, to look at lumber. Lumber tells the story, especially for housing. That, that, that market is now in depression. You know, housing's in very bad shape. So you're, you're right. You're dead right about that. Um, Jim Murio, does the 10-year get back to 4%? It's a 387. And, and actually, why did interest rates go up so much this past week anyway? Again, and I hate to have this be my stock answer too, but I think it's as much a market positioning thing as everything. When everyone expects things to go in a certain way, then all of a sudden we take off some positions, particularly some year-end positions. So I don't think there's much to take out of it. As far as 10-year going back above 4%, I don't think so. Again, the, the thing that Jack and I have disagreed on, and you and I as well, is just the timing of the 
the Fed mm. when they stop doing it. I say in the first quarter. Jack, I think, is saying in maybe three quarters from now. Is that, is that accurate, Jack? That's right. Yeah, Absolutely. so that, we're yeah. talking about the same thing the whole time. But that's why, no, I don't think the tenure, because I think the market is going to start to smell that rates aren't going that much higher. And do you think stocks hit a generational low? Uh, I don't, I'm not sure I'd say that. I do think when the Fed starts to pivot, I'm going to start buying NASDAQ pretty hard. Mm. And I, I don't know, you know, I know in the metals market, I said for the year, a couple year play, but uh, I don't know if I can say that in stocks yet. I mean, it's a contra- if, if, if you're a contrarian, if one is a contrarian, uh, you want to buy the hell out of the stock market. <laughs> Damn straight. No, wait, can I say that on your radio show? I'm sorry about that. But, yes, yeah. that's the contrarian play I mean, right now. Really? I like the contrarian play. Yeah, right. I mean, it's an interesting point. Um, I'm not going to say – I'm not going to tell you who, but I was at a dinner, I guess, about two weeks ago, and an extremely savvy investor – I mean, extremely savvy with a great track record – came up to me and – it was a black tie event, and he's pulling my lapels and my dinner jacket and telling me that the stock market is the greatest buy ever. I mean, it's fascinating. Kind of blew me away. The guy was very smart. Anyway, gentlemen, the music comes. Have a very happy, happy new year, Jack Berusian and Jim Urio. Happy new year, Larry. And thanks for being so you helpful too, to us. Thank you, guys. Yeah.